Hello, everyone. I'm Fox 2's Roop Raj, and welcome to the Let It Rip podcast. On this, the February 23rd edition of Let It Rip, we talk to someone who is known as an election denier, but also is the new chair of the GOP in the state of Michigan, one-on-one with Christina Caramo, plus the former police chief, James Craig, in Detroit, talking to Let It Rip about gun control after the tragedy at MSU. So let's let it rip. Tonight on Let It Rip. Unfortunately, the city of Detroit has been plagued with election corruption for years. The woman who made that claim, as well as accusations of widespread voter fraud in the 2020 vote without evidence, is now the face of the Michigan Republican Party. Is Christina Caramo's appointment as state party chair a new direction, or are they continuing down the same road? And will the woman who refused to concede her loss in the 2022 Secretary of State race help lead Republicans back to victory in the Great Lakes state? But first... I can respect people that don't agree with me, but I can't accept the fact that there is nothing that we can do to end gun violence. Calls for change ring loud once again at the Capitol a week after the tragedy at MSU. Students want stricter gun laws, but is that something that can actually be accomplished? Former Detroit Police Chief James Craig joins the debate. Time now to let it rip the gun control issue once again front and center after last week's tragedy at Michigan State. And students have vowed to keep it there until there's change. Joining us now to talk about what can and should be done, former Detroit Police Chief James Craig and also founder of Femmes for Dems, Lori Goldman. And as always, Fox 2 anchor attorney Charlie Langton. Good to see all of you. Thanks for joining us today. Thank uh, you. Chief Craig, it's good to see you after so many months. So many months. In I had it. to disappear for a while. You did. You did disappear, <laughs> but you're back now, and you're right. back on Let It Rip, and you're here to talk about something that's really important. I want to begin with you. Uh, right now, there's a Senate bill that's out there, Senate Bill 76, that said, look, the definition of universal background checks should not just cover what we currently cover. It should also cover rifles, shotguns, and handguns. Do you agree with that? I do not. Why? You know, let me just say, first of all, my heart and prayers goes out to uh, Michigan State and the victims, uh, speedy recovery. It should have never happened. And certainly having been in law enforcement for 44 years, I believe in safety. I believe in, in, in doing the right thing. In terms of gun laws, everything is so partisan now. I could have predicted within 24 hours, it would say, well, let's, we need more gun laws. No, what we need is we need crime control, criminal control. We focus on guns and we refuse to focus on the criminals. And now we know in this most recent incident involving the suspect who murdered, he had prior history. He was on probation. Probably if he had gone through a background check and he had been charged with a felony, he wouldn't be able to get the gun. Also, claiming that he may have had mental illness. Was it diagnosed or undiagnosed? Lori, you're hearing the former police chief here say this is not about the guns, this is about the criminal system, the way it works, how criminals are allowed to, to come in and out of the system. And this guy, uh, perhaps had there been a, a harsher hand of the law, wouldn't have been out on the streets. It's not the guns, it's the law. What do you think about that? Well, let's be real. What we've been doing so far hasn't worked. So if we have to go down to pop guns, and slingshots, I'm for it, and a lot of people I know are for it as well. Let's do something different. It's not gonna hurt to try, and I think it will make a big difference. And I agree with what you're saying, that probably law enforcement, criminal intervention, mental health is a part of it. But let's start with what's actually killing our students, our children, our loved ones in the mass shootings, guns. Let's concede for a moment that it's not just the guns. And if we do that, we give a fair shot to say, look, this is also a law enforcement issue. This is a criminal justice issue. 
But Chief Craig, if you broaden the language, wouldn't you lessen the chances of someone who shouldn't have a rifle, a shotgun, or a handgun from having one? You know, I, I'm still going to disagree. And, and, and you know, I'm, I've been a Second Amendment supporter for as long as you've known me. But no one's taking away the guns, Chief but Craig. You know no what? one's taking away the guns. Let me tell you what I know definitively, and it's not too many can say this, criminals don't buy Chief. guns and get guns legally. Chief. There's, there's black market guns. They just don't do it. Chief. They don't follow the law. Law-abiding citizens follow the law. Should the shooter at Michigan State have had a gun? He should not have. How well then? What law would prevent? He should that? have not. But what if the courts had did the tell right me thing? What law? What would if the courts had done the right thing? He would have been in. What he would have been in custody. Wrong? What did the courts do wrong? Well, I disagree with you. Well, More I think gun laws is not going to say we've had. I'm not saying 60, gun laws. This case. We've well, no. Let's talk about mass shootings. This was a mass shooting. Yes. Sixty-seven this year around the country. And every time there's a mass shooting, we talk about two things. Gun we control. need more gun control. Uh, and we talked, the president even brought up rifles. This suspect was armed with a pistol. So, so Lori, when Chief you, when Craig made my point. That's all we do is talk. We talk and we talk and we talk. Talking is done. Hopes and prayers, good wishes, billboards and Facebook posts are done. It's time to do something. Let's try legislation that will take guns out of the hands of the mentally ill, the 30,000 yes. people that commit suicide, et cetera, Lori, et cetera, et cetera. how would we have known that this guy in this particular case, whose name I will not take, but the suspect who killed himself cowardly at the end of this yep. terrible rampage, how would have a gun law changed the situation with him? How would have someone known he was mentally ill? And did the prosecutor in Ingham County have more of a responsibility on being stronger in controlling the law around this guy? Probably yes to everything. Yes, the prosecutor probably did. But because all these other failures occurred in the system, doesn't mean that we don't proceed with doing what is common sense gun regulation. Yes. And thank God there are people yes. that want to do it. Can I ask, Lori, yes. of the universal background checks that's being proposed now, tell me what of the proposal would have prevented the shooter at MSU? I don't know. Well, nothing. I, know. I don't know. Is if, it possible if, nothing? I don't know in this case what would have. But you know what? It's not going to be the last one. So maybe the next one and the one after that. I have 15-year-old triplets. And you know what? They're going to be going to college in a couple years. And then they're going to be going on to work in businesses. And I'd like to do a little more just to protect their lives going forward. Chief Craig, you have students out there yes. who have been on this show. In fact, just last week, a Michigan State student who was traumatized and terrorized by this said, we will not stop until there are stricter gun laws. There is an undercurrent from Oxford to MSU and all across this country of people saying, what is wrong? If you're a law-abiding citizen, if you are doing nothing wrong, then no one is taking away your guns. Why then not broaden the background check? What is so wrong with that? You know, as I've said before, this is bigger than just that. Let me give you an example. The dad recently was interviewed by the Detroit News, and he talked about his son. He had no idea. Well, you know, he had an idea that his son had a problem. He had an idea because his son was having target practice out of the back door of his home. You think the neighbors, you think the dad could have made a report to law enforcement? According to Lansing police, they never got a call. So why Would are we... taken away his gun? Had, they, had the neighbors made a call? A Absolutely. And at least 
took away his gun for the time and let it be properly adjudicated to the courts. So that's kind of a red flag. You're talking a red, red flag. flag. You're okay with I'm, red flag. Laws. I'm okay, but but it has to be right. done appropriately. What does appropriate mean? Appropriate to you? means it. You know, the person. So you, if say someone calls the police on an individual and said, "This person is depressed," is that enough to take away the gun without? Uh, harming self or threat to others? I say not, Lori, when but you I hear... think the courts need to get involved with that. And it needs to be proper adjudication. Look, I'm for mentally ill individuals not having a gun, but you can't just, I mean, this individual, the dad knew he was firing a gun out of the back of his home. But look, what did the dad do? This whole, this what did whole the neighbors issue, do? This whole issue, I'm, I'm married to a mental health therapist, and, and I gotta tell you, the definition of what is mentally ill, according to a mental health therapist who's been appointed by a court, or according to a judge who decides that this person has acted in a way that's unreasonable, are two different things. Lori, how do we begin that process? We start with common sense gun regulation. No one's given a good reason, no offense, Chief Craig, why we don't put all these other guns under that category. Let's make it a little harder. It's hard, it was harder for me to get a real estate license than it was probably for me to go out and buy a gun. Ridiculousness, let's stop it. And what do we do to stop criminals? Well, Criminals from getting guns, whether they're stolen. Oh, let me tell you, I have a, a, that's a good friend who owns a, a gun store. You know what he tells me? A felon will come in, or he'll send his girlfriend in who has no record and she'll get the gun. Now he's been in the business for a while, he knows. So he won't sell the gun. So what I'm saying, criminals are gonna to continue to get guns. Someone suffering from mental illness is gonna get, and let me throw this in, and I know you got, your, your wife has the background, what about the person that's undiagnosed? Oh, what do we do who's not gonna show up in a database? What about that person? You know, there's a stigma. Especially most in, people in are undiagnosed. Right. Doesn't doing this, this close? Do, doesn't a universal background check in the Senate Bill 76 that says let's include more of the broader definition of these guns? Doesn't that close a loophole in the law that currently blocks criminals from buying a handgun, but doesn't stop them from buying, let's say, a rifle? You know, I got to tell you. If you don't mind answering that question, does that stop that? Will this close a loophole if you start including language that would allow someone? to say, hey, you can't buy that right. I think it requires bipartisan support, and I'm gonna repeat what you said, because I agree with you, common sense gun laws, common sense. Look, we gotta talk about the prosecutors, we gotta talk about the courts. Do they play a role in this? Could this shooting have been prevented? I say, yes, if certain things had, and what about family and friends that know that a person's in a mental health crisis? Somebody's shooting out the back of their house, I'm gonna keep going back to that. Whether he's diagnosed or not, is that enough for law enforcement to respond, take the gun, and get this young man help? If someone has a mental health issue, they know it. Let's say they know that they're angry, they know they have a mental health issue, and they go out to shoot and kill. They don't care about a consequence as to whether or not they're caught or not. They don't care because they're willing to take their own life because of it, wouldn't you say, Lori? Absolutely, and what about a boyfriend or a girlfriend that has an angry partner on the other side that wants to take revenge, shoot them, kill themselves? These guns are being accessible to people that can just on a moment's notice walk in to a gun store. I don't know what kind of regulations they have to go through, but if they go to a gun and lizard show, I don't know why those are paired not, together, but they are. Saying eliminate guns then, right? No, of course, no one's ever said that. No one, people love to hunt, they love to protect their homes, they love to sport shoot, shoot at targets. Some people say that law-abiding students at Michigan State, some people say this, yeah. if they passed a background check, should have had a gun 
as well. Oh, Do you agree with the that? good guy taking away the gun from the bad guy. Yeah, I think that would be the Wild West. That doesn't work. What about training? I, I disagree. You, you, you ran a police department, several uh, police Chief departments. Craig, you think students walking around on campus being allowed to carry guns would have stopped I'm this guy? I'm not saying just any student. You know, I, as you probably know, I was controversial. Many disliked the comment I made that in, on, the, on the heels of one of the, the mass shootings at a, at a school, and I said, to, for some school administrators, teachers, uh, employees at the school who are trained, responsible, law-abiding, who want to carry a gun and can be trained, I supported that. Now, you got an 18-year-old on campus who's law-abiding, who is responsible, who is trained, I have a very different view of that. Lori, there, there, there are people who are watching this right now who are saying, wait a minute, why won't someone bring up this? Which is the fact that no matter how many gun laws you put out there, if someone wants to get a gun, if they're actually mentally unwell, and they want to get a gun and they want to kill people, they're going to find a way to do it, either through private sales or getting a gun from someone that they shouldn't have the gun from. That's not going to stop this, will it? So then we should do nothing because people are gonna die in car accidents asking, too. But I'm asking no. you, do you think that that's true? That someone who wants to do wrong, do harm, is going to do it and find a way to do it regardless of a law? That might be true, but I don't think we have to make it easier for them. And we have to have more uh, checks so that people can understand. The people that sell the guns have to have more uh, responsibility to report things and to go through different stratospheres of checking them. Okay, strongest gun laws in the country, California, New York, and Hawaii. They have the lowest gun deaths. Craig, you, Chief Craig, you can't deny that that's a fact. You're talking about three states that have the strongest gun laws, that have the lowest number of gun deaths, and then you have Michigan, which is 24 on the list, and we have an above average number of gun deaths. Look, let me, well, let me well, just well, how do you, I've how worked do you in California for, for, for almost 30 years, okay? Let me just be clear. You know, consequences. In places like California and New York, consequences. Not so much now because we have rogue prosecutors that are making the laws up as they go along. We know it, it's happening in LA, it's happening in New York. So things have changed, but consequences is what puts a damper on it. Now, I have never seen a criminal get a gun legally. They don't follow the law. They just don't. There are felon in possession laws that prevent that from happening because they're on the books right now. Oh, please don't bring up felon in possession. Chief because Craig. this Michigan State was was charged with felony. He was a uh, he was in possession. Was supposed to be charged with a felony and was charged with a misdemeanor. Would you would you take away his gun if he pled guilty to a misdemeanor gun charge? Depending, absolutely. Uh, we got to wrap it, it things depends. up. We I mean, wrap it, things you know, there's a lot to we, that. We have another and, and segment. Just, I know Chief Craig, I'm sorry. We are okay. straight out of time. <laughs> we'll have to talk again. I know okay. 13 minutes isn't enough time. We have another segment coming up. Chief right. James Craig, former chief of thank Detroit. Lori Goldman, thank you for your time today. Thank Fence you. For Dems. It was Good fun. to see you both. Okay. There's a new sheriff in town for the Michigan Republican Party, and it's Christina Caramo. And she still hasn't conceded the race for Secretary of State. So will she lead the state GOP in a new direction, one that leads to election victory? The debate rolls on next. Back now, let it rip. The state Republican Party has a new leader, Christina Caramo, who tried to unseat Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, was elected chair last weekend. But will it lead to election wins for the GOP? Christina Caramo joins us now, along with former state representative Sherry Gay Dagnogo and Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie Langton is here with us as well. Good to see both of you. Thank, Thank you for you. joining us, ladies. Uh, all right. So, 
First of all, Ms. Karamo, congratulations to you Thank on the you. GOP chair. That's uh, something that uh, everyone was talking about. I, I have to go back in time for a moment mm -hmm. in order for us to get back up to speed. Uh, the election against Jocelyn Benson, mm -hmm. uh, a 14-point loss against Jocelyn Benson. Will you concede that? election? There was so much fraud and corruption in that election. Absolutely not. And the reason why I have not is that systemic election corruption is an issue in our society. If you talk to the average person, they have no idea how our election process actually works. We just know that we go vote and that's it. But there were many irregularities that people saw on the ground level. There were many issues when sim citizens simply requested FOIA to their local clerks wanting the precinct level tape, which they are legally, uh, they're legally allowed to have. And the Secretary Benson told the clerks to not honor those and to wait and honor those FOIA requests. So I don't want to you know, spend the time on this program because I know you guys sure. want to get to other things, but there are many irregularities and we look to remedy those and we want people to understand that our voting rights are inextricably linked to our liberty and there are many violations to our voting rights. That I know, I know Tudor Dixon on our show here on Leonard Rip said, yes, Joe Biden is the president. Would you say that Joe Biden is the president, Kurt? Uh, no, you know, I think of a quote Joe Biden said when he said, we have the most extensive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. That is a quote. But do, you, do you think so that he's the president? I, I find him to be illegitimate. That's my opinion. Sure. However, um, what we're focused on is how do we take back the House? How do we take back the, the state Senate? How do we make sure we win that open U.S. Senate seat? That's Sherry, uh, as a former state rep, you hear the head of the GOP, the chair here, saying that uh, it's an illegitimate president and that she is not going to accept defeat against Jocelyn Benson. This party, right, this Republican Party, where is it headed? Well, I mean, I would say downhill at this point and, and much further right. Um, it's disappointing, though, to sit next to a highly educated individual and to see that she will cling to the fact um, of, of, of a dishonest, really a dishonest belief that uh, she either won as Secretary of State and uh, that President Biden is not the president. But I have to salute her um, in doing something that no one has done uh, and becoming the first African-American uh, to lead the GOP. So I think that's quite interesting. It's Black History Month. Uh, we have a couple more days left here. But it's disappointing, though, uh, that she's not owning the fact that she didn't win. We all, elections have consequences. I ran a race. I didn't win. I admit that I didn't win. Uh, to cling to the fact that, uh, that there was flaws and somebody stole ballots, I mean, it's, it's a bit far-fetched. Well, I would, I would actually push back on that. It's not dishonest. The thing about it is that when someone just roundly dismissed of someone's claim without any type of investigation, that's decided. But uh, we know that a Detroit so, judge... Well, yeah, there Detroit were investigations. Judge, Ms. Caramo, Detroit judge said no evidence in support of allegations Absolutely. of absentee ballot corruption. That's a judge. We also had a Republican commission that came forth saying, you know what, this election was not so far corrupt as you say, that it was illegitimate. When you look at all of those different independent uh, analyzations of this, that mm -hmm. doesn't change your mind at all. But you know, the thing about it is, I think it's kind of, our society's been plagued with elitism just because someone carries a title, that means their opinion is by default accurate. What about the everyday citizens who have seen corruption? Actually, there's a video from 2013 during the Detroit mayor's race when a group of citizens were kicked out of Cobo Hall when they were simply trying to get a count of the ballots and the ballot stubs. This was 2013, so I guess we want to move on to other things, but the fact sure. of the matter is there's been issues with the election system and just the roundly dismiss people as being dishonest is unfortunate. Now, the reality is there's many issues that we want to focus on, but making sure there's fair elections is not a partisan issue. That's an American issue. I think we all use, need to be right around. If I can do this one more time. Let's assume you're right. The election was stolen. Donald Trump should be the president. And Biden is not the president. You're right. 100% right. Does that help 
or hurt the election coming in 2024? Well, the thing about it, there's many things that we're focused on. Just, I mean, I was simply answering the question. It wasn't that that was my leading point, because there's many issues I think we do need to get to, but I'm simply answering the question. Is that going to help you raise money? Well, the thing about it is, is we're, I'm here to save the country. That's, that's my goal. Our goal as a party is to save our country. Now, we will raise the funds because there's a lot of donors who have walked away because they don't have faith in the party for a myriad of reasons. We have to understand that different political parties are different. Democrats lean more collectivist. Republicans, we're more individualistic. Christina, I got to ask you this question. Sure. Every statewide office, uh, there was big losses in the Republican mm -hmm. Party. The loss of the Senate the first time in four decades. Isn't that if anything, just kind of a call for change where people weren't happy with the way the Republican Party and was you, going? Well, you're right, and that's the change I'm going to bring. One of the things our party has failed to do is expand our party. We do not effectively communicate our messages. That's one of the big issues within our party. The way we campaign is archaic. So a lot of this is that our campaigning style is archaic. We don't grow our party. We don't effectively communicate. Those are some fundamental but things. But you need money to win elections. I and agree. Right now, I never denied but that. But right now, the Republican Party, and you know this as well as anybody, at that party uh, election that just happened the other day, they were saying the hall was going to close because, look, they're running out of cash. It's, they're, they're, well, big that, they're big donors that walked away from the Republican Party. Does that worry you well, at all? Hold on, just to clarify, the hall, the hall was not closing because we were running out of cash. Is that It was at 8 p.m. we had to leave the building and we had three rounds of voting. So that had nothing to do with the money issue. Just want to clarify that. But there wasn't so that, an issue with finances? The, issue that, with no, when chair? you said the hall was about to close, that I just want to clarify, that was not because the party lacked funds. That was because our contract had stated that we had until 8 p.m. to leave and we had three rounds of voting. Now, the issue sure. of money, to your point, the party will raise significant funds. The issue is that people don't have confidence in the Republican Party. That is why we lack the, have lacked the funding in the past. Why would you give money to an organization you don't trust? How you much, wouldn't do that. How much money do you need to run a legitimate U.S. Senate race against the Oh, well, I would Democrat? say the, the party needs a well over $50 million. That's my estimation, but more than that. I mean, the party needs lots of money. You have an open U.S. Senate seat. The thing about it is it is not lost on us. And I know, you know, again, this is why I brought up the point that Republicans are individualistic. So you're going to see more factions within our party. That's a very normal thing to see. Sherry, a civil war between GOP, if that's what some people want to call it, between t Trumpers and anti-Trumpers, the only people who win by that are Democrats. Is that true? Absolutely. Uh, the division that exists, and, and so I'm thankful uh, this division does exist uh, because we need to continue to advance uh, the expansion of the gains that we made in the House and the Senate uh, to make history and have all three chambers, the governor's office, the Senate, and the House. You know, now we can move policies that really put Michigan back on track and to move us forward and to not take us backward. But anytime you hear this type of rhetoric, and reasonably so, you're going to have people all over the place. They're creating hysteria, uh, uh, spewing hate, uh, placing the issue of, of religion to a place where it's almost cultish-like. That's what it's like. Uh, a lot of the conversation I've seen and heard, the rhetoric, is about who individuals are having sex with. That is not the issue of Michigan people when they're trying to put food on the table and eggs cost $10 a dozen. We got to come back to reality, own the fact that you lost a race, I lost a race, and we move forward. Well, 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 there's a couple of things I want to address here. None of, nobody's spewing hate. No one is saying anything of the such. The reality is we're not a bunch of collectivists. We're not in some type of cult where we fall in line and follow the leader. That's how you actually have a tyrannical leadership where people just submit to the leadership irrespective of what you do. The thing some about people it, say that's what Donald Trump had. I, I, would, I would totally disagree with that notion. The reality is we're individualists. So we coalesce around a set of ideas and principles. So there's a philosophical difference in how we operate as Republicans. But the reality is none of us are spewing hate. 
we are about individual liberty. That's what we're about. And we are we're against people trying to conform and force people into believing a certain thing. So naturally you're going to see dissension, but actually that's how you produce a better product. We're gonna have time for final thoughts on the other mm -hmm. side of this break. Stay with us. We wanna know what you think. Charlie hit the roads to find out. School shootings, very serious. A lot of talk about gun control. Uh -huh. Do we need it? Um, I don't think so. Universal background checks, is that any different than what we have now? Not really. I, I know everybody really complains about, oh, you can't change the, what, what is it, the Third Amendment or something like that? or Second. The second, that's it. Actually, citizens shouldn't have guns at all. What they need them for? How do we stop the school shooting? That's a good one. That's really, I don't know where that came from. We had no problems with children playing with guns at my age. They were bang, bang. That was it. No one should have guns but the military and the police. Right, hold on, hold on. Ooh, nobody, should, nobody should have guns except military and police. The, the Second Amendment is specifically so that we can protect ourselves from the government putting their their will on us without that. I don't know how you're going to control it, because if people want guns, they're going to get guns some way, shape, or form. All right, let's get our thoughts from our panel here. Sherry, your thoughts on what you heard from folks on the road. You know, the Second Amendment uh, is, is a part of, of our democracy, and we're not, as a Democratic Party, trying to take away Second Amendment rights, but we are trying to keep our children safe in our schools. We are trying to make sure that, uh, that people have a right to live. Uh, and so gun ownership comes with responsible gun ownership, red flag laws, safety gun locks uh, put in place, and making sure that those that shouldn't have guns don't have access to guns. Christina, how do we do that? This, uh, first of all, the Second Amendment is clear, it shall not be infringed. And the second thing is with red flag laws, I could falsely accuse someone of being mentally unstable and they have their Second Amendment rights violated. Part of keeping us safe and us alive is ensuring that I have the right to defend myself. The right to personal safety is fundamental to our lives. Now, the thing we need to address as a society, why do we have such a moral collapse that's causing people to behave in these horrific and deranged ways? All right, two leaders and uh, the respective parties, it's so good to see you. Sherry, Christina, thanks Thank for your you. time today. Charlie, always good to be with you as well. That does it for this edition of Let It Rip. The Let It Rip discussion continues online. Sound off on Facebook, Twitter, or Fox2Detroit.com.